from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's Latine. See, I talk about things other people are scared to talk about. What they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? This is Robert Littow for BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast, where I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. The Los Angeles Lakers. What in the blue hell is going on down at L.A. Live? Thankfully, I have some answers for you. Real answers. Not the fake answers. Even though I would suggest if you want like a mainstream media person to get your information from, Ramona Shelburne is pretty connected with what's going on. She had all the, the big baller news and talks to Lonzo all the time. She's what she is reporting is pretty on point. So if you want to like, you know, get your mainstream stuff. Now what you want is the dirt. You want what's under the fingernails. And that's where I come in. First, let me say I was not surprised that Magic Johnson quit. I said that he probably was going to quit when he got hired. Because he quit when he was a coach, quit before, quit when he talked show. And I get into the reasons the real reasons why he quit. But I'm not surprised by that. Now, I think what's more important for the backstory, at least, is that you know why Magic Johnson was hired in the first place. He wasn't hired because he's a good GM or president or whatever title that they wanted to give him. He was hired simply because he's Magic Johnson. And because he's Magic Johnson... The Lakers believed that gave them a sense of stability that they didn't have before. Well, Magic's back. Everybody see Magic and the Lakers. Everybody's on the same page. And now they have stability because that's something that they haven't had uh, since Dr. J- uh, Jerry Buss you know, got ill and passed away. Magic's name is his business. Now, I don't get into that a little bit more either. But what I'm saying is... Sometimes you just hear a name and it gives you instant credibility. Doesn't matter if it's coaching, GMs, anything, you know, tech world. You know, if somebody says, hey, Bill Gates got something going on, I'm going to pay attention. Someone says, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is is working on a new social media thing, I'm going to pay attention. You know, that credibility in the name means something. Not to go all American gangster on you, but it's like Blue Magic. It's a brand name. It means something. But sometimes that can get you in trouble. Think about Phil Jackson. Same thing. Name recognition. You say Phil Jackson's going to the Knicks. He's Phil Jackson. But certain jobs... 
require more than just a name. It requires actual work. And a lot of times the work is very difficult and is thankless. And you do a lot behind the scenes and not in front of the camera. And sometimes when you use a face as someone that's supposed to do this dirty work, it doesn't work out. Because someone like Magic Johnson, his whole life is about being in front of the camera, being a charmer, being a a shake hands and kiss baby. He's more of a politician than anything else. Phil Jackson was a coach. That was his thing. He coached. He knew how to, you know, deal with players and manage personalities. They didn't want to do the hard work. And I tell you why Magic Johnson, because somebody said they say Magic Johnson is a, a very successful businessman. Why can't he be successful, you know, being a GM or a president? I tell you exactly why, if you want to know, for real. And this is not a knock on Magic Johnson. Because trust me, if we, we all wish we could do this. Once again, Magic Johnson is a, a face. He's the person out front. You see the name Magic Johnson, you automatically smile and laugh. It's Magic Johnson. Showtime. But within those businesses, Magic Johnson has people working who know what the hell that they're doing. <laughs> so he doesn't have to. He's got to show up. He oversees, more or less. And there are people running those businesses that are extremely smart and don't crave the spotlight. And they run them very successfully because they have the Magic Johnson brand as leverage. Who doesn't want to be in business with Magic Johnson? So if you have the right combination of people working for you, then you necessarily don't have to work. And if you really think about it, most successful business people, they start off doing something that they're very talented at, right? We talked about Zuckerberg. He started Facebook and Bill Gates, you know, Microsoft. You know, they, they start with an idea, whoever came up with Twitter or whatever. You know, they all start with an idea. And then the idea blows up, and then at some point, they let everybody else take it on and just collect the checks. Magic Johnson's talent was basketball and being a personality. So he played basketball at a very high level. He was a personality at a very high level. When he got finished playing, he used that brand to have other people come in and start businesses. He's not running the day-to-day operations of any of this stuff. He got people to handle that. And those people get paid very well. Magic just gets paid more because he's the brand. Because without the brand, it wouldn't work. It goes hand in hand. Now, that's not knocking Magic Johnson saying he's not a smart person you know, or anything like that. I'm not knocking him because this is how a lot of white people run their businesses all the time. You think Trump was really running business? No, it just was a name. He's not smart at all. He had other people doing that stuff for him. When he tried to do it, he messed it up. So, 
You try to equate that to, well, why can't he run the Lakers? It's real simple. He didn't have the right people under him handling the business. And so everything fell on him. Or another thing that I heard was, unlike his other businesses, which he can come in and huff and puff and say do this and say do that, but somebody else is actually running them. With the Lakers, he was actually running the business. In the sense that, you know, if he wanted a player, if he wanted to trade, if he wanted to do this, even though he wasn't necessarily educated on all the ins and outs of all of it, he was still making the final call. He had nobody to say, Magic, this is not the way it's supposed to go. This is not going to be functional. This is not going to work correctly. Did it have at the Lakers? Jenny Buss said, you're in charge. You run things. Whatever you want to do, Magic. Ain't no Magic had to do. He had to work. Ain't no Magic realized. It's a lot of work involved being the president of a franchise. He thought, well, I got LeBron. I won't have to work. We got LeBron, but it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Oh, I'm Magic Johnson. I just call and say I want Anthony Davis, and they just give him to me because I'm Magic Johnson. No, it doesn't work like that. It See, in, in certain businesses, everybody's in their own lane. Like AMC, probably not overly concerned about Magic Johnson theaters. AMC, they're their own thing. I mean, they probably keep an eye on it, but they're their own thing, their own entity. Even companies that are within the same business are really within still their own entity. Yeah, that's Burger King and McDonald's and Wendy's. There's Subway, Jimmy John's, you know, Pizza Hut, Domino's, uh, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors, you know, but they're still all in their same lane. You know, Nike, Adidas, they're trying to do their own thing. Yes, they're competing against each other, but they're trying to do their own thing. In sports, you are actively trying to beat someone, but there are times where you need these other entities to help you beat everybody else. It would be like McDonald's, or excuse me, like Burger King going to McDonald's and saying, hey, can, can you trade us your fry recipe for a chicken, a chicken nugget, a spicy chicken nugget? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't happen. So Magic just assumed that, like all these other businesses that he had, that they would just easily work with him because he's Magic Johnson. But no, other franchises have some pride. And just not going to let the Lakers do whatever they want to do. The Lakers were not just lucky, but talented for a good part of 50 years or so. Every time it looked like they was getting ready to fall off, Something good would happen to him. From George Mikan to Kareem to drafting Magic to getting worthy to, you know, Pat Riley, you know, Shaq, you know, draft day trade of Kobe. You don't know if Kobe's going to end up being Kobe. To getting Paul Gasol. You know, it's, it's all of these things happen within this, this long time frame to keep them at the top. But at some point, that just that luck runs out, and they don't have young LeBron. They have older LeBron. 
And I might, I might want to point out that Magic didn't have as much to do with LeBron coming as people would like you to think. And when I say that, I'm not saying that it, 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 was, it, did hurt, it didn't hurt that Magic was there. But like I've told people well before LeBron even got to the Lakers that he was already considering it strongly. He just wanted to make sure they had some functionality within their front office, some stability. So, yeah, Magic helped with the stability, but it was already 80-20 he was coming anyway. They just didn't have to mess it up. So beyond that, what exactly has Magic done? Let's just be honest. Not much. I mean, he drafted Lonzo Ball, and I think Lonzo still has a, has a good future. That's a whole different other thing with the big ball of brand. You know, they have young talent. They haven't, they've drafted pretty well. But Magic is, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. And this is not a knock on Rondo or KCP or Lance, makes you dance and all that stuff. But really, the only really good vet move that he made was JaVale McGee. That was it. He's traded away, guys. He, he, the whole thing with Anthony Davis, they, they handled that all wrong. He hasn't done a good job. He didn't do a good job last time he was helping with the Lakers. He was a terrible coach. So that's the backstory of that. So if you want to know why Magic Johnson quit, it's real simple. It's not difficult at all. And I was as somebody, my, my friend Sam the African asked me, you know, why did Magic Johnson quit? Now, and we, me and Sam the African used to work at the call center. And I said, imagine Sam the African. We were, if we got rich, not even rich, say we each had half mil or a million, but we still had to go to the call center every single day. Every single day. How long do you think we would last knowing that we had this other life that was already out here that we could live, that was fun? And exciting. We didn't have to punch a clock. Everybody loved us. Nobody was getting on our nerves. We didn't have to deal with no drama. You could tweet, Facebook, Instagram, do whatever the hell you wanted to. But you couldn't do that because you're working at the call center from 10 to 7. How long do you think we'll last? So that's what happened. And here's the other thing that happened, and you may have heard of it. You know, there was some alleged expose. That's going to come out on ESPN about how Magic inappropriately treated his employees. Now, here's the difference, once again, between Magic, other businesses, and the Lakers. His other businesses, he pops in, pops out. Doesn't really know what's going on, day-to-day operations of all the different businesses. Checks are clearing, deposits are being made. He's not interacting with lower-level people. It's a bigger operation. You know, when you own, you, you, you own franchises, like multiple franchises, a bit much bigger operation. But now, Magic has to come in almost every day to the Lakers. And they're failing. And they're not playing well. And people don't see the smile and happy Magic. They see someone that's sick and tired of coming to work. Sick and tired of not being able to do what he wants to do. 
sick and tired of the criticisms, the tampering, people saying that he's not good at his job, not happy, he can't go out and play golf every day, not happy he can sit at home with Cookie and do whatever, you know, not happy he can go on his private, go on his yacht because he got to, you know, work on draft preparations, summer league, and, and just not happy. Hey, he took it out on people. It's not unusual. It's not unusual at all. If you're unhappy about your workplace environment, sometimes that makes its way home to your home environment. In this case, it was the Lakers. He took it out on. Because I don't care how happy and high smiles and all the laughs and stuff. Everybody has a, an angry side. People start to see it. And that's why he quit. And I'll say this, it's soft the way he quit. It's soft. Magic Johnson's a grown man. Grown man. You got to have the ability to look at someone in the eye and say, you know, I can't do this anymore. Your friends, your, your, I mean, it's talk, you talk about people like your family at the Lakers. You can't, you can't do what he did. You can't just walk out there half hour before the game and say, hey, I'm quitting, and then hold a basically our press conference, joking about it, crying about it, without telling your actual superiors and your bosses. But see, that's the point. He's Magic Johnson. Why does, who, who's to tell Magic Johnson what he could do? So I'm just easy to go, put the camera in my face. I'm Magic Johnson. I do what I want to do. Why? Instead of, it's very difficult for me to understand why Magic couldn't think about this and say, you know something? It's the last game of the season. Let me go talk to Jenny. Let me talk to Rob. Let me talk to LeBron. Explain the situation. Explain I'm unhappy. Have a proper press conference. Uh, proper information comes out. No, not Magic. He's Magic Johnson. Let me talk to everybody for an hour and become a bunch of quotables and memes because I, he craves the spotlight. He is so happy. I know he cried, but he was so happy that he was free. They didn't care about how it affected anybody else. Luke Walton, the players, the other assistant coaches. There's a level of selfishness in Magic Johnson. And a, a level of he, he just thinks that he's just bigger than everybody else. Not a good look for Magic. Not a good look for the Lakers. But, you know, maybe they can find someone that doesn't get laughed off the phone. Someone that actually wants to work. I, you know, I heard people talk about Kobe Bryant. His thing, I, you know, I don't know if Kobe could be a good GM or not or president. But the one thing you know about Kobe, going to work. He likes to work. He's obsessive about work. Give him something, he's going to dive right in. But, you know, maybe they get someone a little bit more experienced. Instead, they're going to keep Rob Palenka around. I don't know if that's the best idea. Uh, LeBron's locked into his contract. No worries. He's not going anywhere. It's just a matter of can they stay healthy? Can they get some, some other talent? A Jimmy, I, I think Jimmy Butler is the guy that probably ends up in L.A. Yeah, I, if I had to guess right now, I'd say Jimmy Butler is the guy. They hope their young talent, you know, uh, stays healthy. And then, you know, maybe they make a run for Anthony Davis. Uh, again, or just wait until AD becomes 
uh, a free agent. So that's all the drama that's going on with the Lakers. I get out of here. Just want to talk about WrestleMania uh, for a bit. Uh, not going to go over the whole thing because it was like 30 hours long. I uh, just want to speak on Kofi Kingston for a second. Uh, first off, obviously, if you're not a wrestling fan, you you know some of the some of the particulars about the belts and stuff like that you, you don't understand. And so when when people are saying that Kofi Kingston is the first WWE uh, fully black uh, champion. Uh, you know, people are like, what about The Rock? Or what about, you know, Ron Simmons and Mark Henry, uh, Booker T, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just try to clear that up for you so you just kind of understand what's going on. Um, the most important thing to remember is that the original WWF belt, and I'm talk- when I say the original, I mean when this territory when this wrestling company started the w back then i think it was the wwf belt going all the way back the lineage we talk about bruno san martino all the way back that is the current belt that kofi kingston holds the one that came and started with the company the belt that Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, Booker T. Hell is originally the WCW championship belt, or as I like to call it, the Ric Flair belt, the big gold belt. When WWE bought WCW, they brought over the WCW belt. And for a while, it was still called the WCW belt because they had, they had the two different brands fighting against each other. Uh, eventually, it would just change to the World Heavyweight Championship. And for a very long time, it was considered the secondary belt. Because, you know, if, if you're the main company and you bought another company, then that, comp- that, that company is your, you know, your, your secondary company. It's not your primary. So whatever you brought in from it is considered a subsidiary. So that belt was always considered a subsidiary belt. Even though it has its own history, that WWC belt has been held by a lot of different black people over the years. So when it came to the WWE, you know, they didn't have, it wasn't a lot, but they didn't have any problem putting the black uh, wrestler on that belt. There, eventually, that World Heavyweight Championship belt, the WCW belt, turned into what we now know as the Universal Championship belt. And in a weird twist, for whatever reason, the Universal belt, even though it's the original WCW belt, for a time at least, felt like it was the more important belt because it was the one that was defended on Raw while the WWE belt was the belt that was defended on SmackDown. And for a very long time, well, not a long time, but since the Universal belt came into you know, existence, those are, that's normally the belt that headlines WrestleMania. Why? Because Brock Lesnar had the belt for the majority of the time. Seth Rollins 
uh, originally had the belt for a long period of time as well. While the WWE belt, a lot of times was being held by, let's just say, not very good wrestlers. Ah, that's, that's not nice. I mean, but, you know, Jinder Mahal had the WWE belt. Now, fast forward a little bit. The belt, once it got to the WWE belt, once it got to AJ Styles, uh, and once it got to Daniel Bryant, uh, once again started to feel like the more important belt uh, because Brock Lesnar was never on the show. So it became the belt that was being defended, the one that had all the good wrestling and stuff like that. That particular belt, only one black person has ever held that, bur- uh, that belt, and that is The Rock. And as we know, The Rock is Samoan and black. His father uh, is black and from Canada. So, you know, it's a little... It, people have their own opinions on The Rock's heritage. His daddy black. I call him black. I consider him a black man that was holding the belt. Uh, with that being said, there has never been just a black guy, just a regular old black guy that held the WWE belt. And we're talking about, I haven't, I can't look at it right now, but we're talking at least, I don't know, maybe And the WWE has been in existence. Let, let me take a quick look. I just want to take a quick look of how long the WWE has been in existence. So I can give you, just give you kind of the proper time frame on this. Uh, hold on for a second. All right, there we go. Uh, the WWE started in 1952. Uh, 1952. So you're talking almost 70 years of this belt being around and not one straight black guy and not straight, you know what I'm trying to say. This just this black guy from Ghana has ever held that belt. That's why it's important. That's why people were so emotional about it. Because it was breaking a barrier. And as I always say, it doesn't matter where the barrier is broken, it just matters that it's that it breaks. Kofi Kingston will forever be known as the person that broke that barrier. And when hopefully other African-Americans hold that belt going forward, they will have Kofi Kingston to thank for that. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. It doesn't matter, like I said, where the barrier is broken. It shouldn't have took damn near 70 years for it to happen. But it did happen, and people were emotional, and they're happy about it. And I'm happy about it. I'm happy for Kofi. He's one of the nicest guys that I've ever met in this industry, along with the New Day. So let's not get caught up in semantics. No, he's not the first black you know, champion, world champion in wrestling. No, there's, there's hundreds of wrestling promotions. There's been, probably not enough, but there's been a lot of black champions throughout the years. But when you have one belt that's been around for 70 years and no one of full African-American descent 
has held that belt, and then you win that, and, and on without question, the best match on WrestleMania with everybody chanting your name, that means something. And you don't know how that's going to change some kid's life, but you know it will. And that's what's the really important part about it. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, BSOTV. I'm out. New day!